Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Nina Glossabarill. I am a television and film writer. So essentially, I write for um, a couple of different television shows, but also um, have written my own feature uh, and am currently writing a feature for Amazon. Um, and that is, yeah, that is, that's what I do. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today because a lot of the listeners are young creatives. And, you know, I think creativity can be something that's a skill we can tap into to help us heal, to express ourselves, and to really just share our ideas and our knowledge with the world. And so I would love to maybe hear about like, how is it like, is that how you find it for yourself? Or do you feel like, you know, professionally, it's kind of like what you do for work, but doesn't necessarily have that connection? See, that that's the tricky thing. The, you know, writing essentially is just like a very creative, uh, you know, trade. It's a very, it's, most of us are all just like very much creative. So when you put it into an industry that's just like capitalized so much and you have these crazy deadlines and um, it starts to make this like beautiful hobby that you have that actually is like an outlet and sometimes it can make it very just anxiety provoking and take all the the joy out of it to be honest sometimes um I find that a little bit with television versus film because you know when you're in television you're working in a room uh you have these very strict deadlines when you're out on script you have to have your outline in two days you have to rewrite if the showrunner has an issue with something it it it's very yeah it's very weird because it's it's such a go with the flow hobby when you think about it some people do just like creative writing when they're stressed and so to take that and make it into a career sometimes you are you know stripping it of its uh the freedom you know and so sometimes you have to take take space to that's why right now is actually nice um for for me for work uh just because I'm able to kind of work on my own time and I'm able to give myself whatever breaks I feel my brain needs. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's, it's a back and forth for me. It's sometimes it's, it's very much a stress reliever. Sometimes it's very much healing and sometimes it is very much anxiety provoking and, uh, I can just start, it can, it can start driving me crazy when I'm really on like a strict deadline. I hear you. You mentioned, you know, when you're working on TV that you you're in a room and you're writing, you have deadlines and things like that. And I remember when I first, you know, saw you on Black Women Film, you mentioned getting in the room and, you know, you were talking about, you know, actually getting in the room, you know, with other writers, I assume, and things like that. But it, it to me, kind of spoke to how in life, you know, we're trying to get in a room, whether it's fitting in or yeah. it's be- being seen, or we think that we need to get a certain level of of a position or something like that, and how yeah, that really resonates. So, for you, do you real like do you see that people struggle with you know trying to get in a room, but maybe realize like how do you even know that's the room you want to be in, you know? Oh, Lord, everybody. Um, I mean, 
working on someone else's, I mean, because it's it essentially someone else's idea and you're you're working to, as a team. It's more like television is more of a team sport and feature the feature world is more um, just the free to, the, the freedom to create what you see and your what you're visualizing and what um, your perspective is. So that that's the difference between the two. So when you're doing a team, so I mean, essentially you're bringing somebody else's idea to life. It's not your own and you want, you know, you're working as a teammate and you want to work together to make the best of whatever it is, whether or not you like that you're, you love the idea, <laughs> whether or not, I mean, you, if, if, things that you don't love, of course you fight in the room to argue why it's, you know, not a good depiction or, um, characters aren't sound or complex enough or too archetypical or stereotypical so you know it, it it comes with its own it's like you're in a room you're working with maybe between two to 11 other writers every day you're having to break story every day which is like imagine just kind of being stuck in a room trying to figure things out all day talking your job is to literally talk through story all day long so it can get very taxing but um it can also be um a, a great process if you're in a, a, a group with like-minded people, not necessarily, you know, all black women, but just people who can understand um, the same vision and actually uh, respect each other's ideas. And so when you're working in like a great room like that, sometimes it can be wonderful. And sometimes that can be um, a, a healing tool in itself and just like a stress reliever also. So it just all depends on what, what, what cards you're dealt <laughs> and eventually you get to a place like I mentioned in black on a film where you can choose you can really choose uh, and reject certain shows and say I don't want to go in that direction I don't that's not something that I really want to work on um early in your career you won't find too many people that are willing to do that because <laughs> you're trying to make it and like we said like literally and figuratively get a seat at the table but um you know eventually you start being able to say this isn't really my voice. This isn't really something that I want to sit in a room for 10 hours a day and work with people breaking story about. <laughs> I love it. So I, I wonder a little bit about, you know, what you've learned or how your experiences have shaped, you know, how you your perspective or or, or how they've helped you to grow to this point, you know, this process of um working collaboratively with other people to make stories come to light um are there certain lessons that you've learned in that process um to speak up um because when i was uh, a writer's assistant i mentioned in in the live i was like very audacious i i would speak out against whatever subject matter I felt was inauthentic um, because, you know, like I said, the, the room season one did not necessarily reflect the show. It was, there were a lot of white males working and the show, you know, was about three black, cool, two black, one white, young millennial girls trying to make it in the music industry. And so, 
you know, we're dealing with very serious subject matter, like, and actually giving some of these voices um, a chance for the first time in television. We worked with, um, you know, transgender actress Amaya. We worked with, um, you know, BLM storylines. We worked with uh, stories about uh, Simone and her sexuality. So all of these, you know, though it was a very fun, soapy, um, funny show, it was done in a very entertaining way we were tackling a lot of important issues so you know I was <laughs> not afraid to speak out when I thought you know things were either taking a very stereotypical turn whether or not I felt like things were inauthentic I would I would say it and um, I would have to say that that's probably some the reason why I got staffed on that show is because you know when you realize you can trust that person's voice and and they know, you know, this is their world and they're willing to speak up about it. And, and like I said, claiming, claiming your space, that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing that I went through in getting the seat at the table is claiming my space and knowing that I'm here for a reason and that what I have to say um, will benefit the room and having confidence in that. You know, there are a couple of things that you mentioned that really stuck out to me. You, you mentioned authenticity a couple of times more than once and so I feel like people struggle with showing up as themselves in settings where they like they feel like maybe they're not going to be accepted or yeah for sure and then that leads to them kind of cutting themselves down before they even give themselves a shot. You know what I mean? Essentially, you have to stand up for yourself or you have to speak up for yourself in order to be authentic. Speaking up doesn't mean verbally. It might be your, how you present. It might be, you know, what you say. But I love that you mentioned that. Well, yeah. And, but in this sense, it does literally mean speaking up because that's, that's your job. You're getting paid to literally talk in a room and express your ideas. And if you don't do that, um, you know, you're, you are presenting like what your value is to that show and you, you can get fired if you're not bringing anything to a show. So literally in a, in a writer's room, that is your capital, you know? Wow. That's, that's, I think it's so essential for life because people stay in relationships and don't speak up. People will be at jobs and not speak up. And it leads to their own suffering um, because yeah. they're unable to do that. You know what I mean? Definitely. You, you also mentioned um, representation, I think you said, which I'm really excited that you brought up. And I'm sure you have these conversations on a regular basis. Um, but the the need to have work and things, whatever it may be, right? But you specifically work in in writing for TV and film that you have mentioned on multiple occasions that like reflects the diversity of our population and the diversity of our experiences. And, and um, for you, you know, what has been helpful for you to be able to kind of continue to, to keep that in the forefront of your mind, maybe in a world where you say, like, maybe you're in a room with a lot of people that don't look like you or whatever the case may be, like, what helps you to keep that um, in the forefront of your mind? Well, what people uh, don't tend to just not consider is that we as and this isn't in every industry, I feel like, to be completely honest. We're like the biggest consumers. Like black women mm -hmm. are 
pretty much the biggest consumers of like the popular television. Like if you if you break down kind of like because they'll do stats on like rating stats all the time. And so, you know, when you think about the fact that us as a, a people are the biggest consumers but have not been represented in what we're consuming that makes absolutely no sense and you know I always mention this and this is the reason why I kind of got into film because it was important for me um especially with my experience as a young girl but you know my my thesis for life is you know how can you see your self if your mirror is shattered. So growing up as a young girl, if you're not seeing who you are, what you can be in a non-archetypical way, not the, you know, mammy, the angry black woman or the very hard, you know, woman that has no emotions and strong black woman. If you only see those very like three archetypical characters reflected as you, what, how does that impact your mental? How does that help you to grow? Because to be completely honest, I mean, I know people have this argument of like, don't allow television to raise your kids. And that's fair. However, we have to all be real with ourselves. And television is playing a huge part in the upbringing of kids. It's just, that's just how it is. It, it did for me. I know it did for a lot of my friends. Um, you know, I wasn't super censored when I was younger, but oh I'm so sorry my dog is go go um so I mean yeah I mean that's how that's how I feel I feel like it it does it affects your psyche it affects the way that you see yourself as a, a little black girl a young black woman a black woman you know and so I think that's very important yeah, you know, and I think that you people don't realize the how it affects you until for whatever reason you get some clear signs that there's a discrepancy. So, you know, I can recall a few times that like when I watched what did I watch? 13 Reasons Why. And the girl, the black girl in the show is from I think she's from Kenya or something. She's from East Africa in the show. And she was eating chapati. Which, as an East African person, I'm, like, watching this show jumping up and down on my couch because I'm, like, yeah. oh, my God, what's happening right. here? Like, the, I'm, like, these people, like, what? Like, you know what I mean? It, to me, yeah. it's crazy. And I didn't even know that I could have that feeling of, like, being yeah. seen by something yep. until yep. it happened. And it's so small, but it means a lot. It's so small, but it means so much. So that like often imagine if that was in, you know, and that's just one, that's one television show on mm-hmm. one streaming device. Like imagine if people could see themselves the way white, white people see themselves every day in all types of different shapes and forms. Like uh, it, it's, it's not enough that we just have like five big popular shows on television. Mm-hmm. Like we should be able to see ourselves just as prominently as a white man does or a white woman. I love it. So there was something that you had posted um, 
that I thought was really significant, you know, and with everything going on, um, I don't want to read the whole post, but if y'all ain't following, uh, write her on Instagram, go ahead, go ahead and click on the the link in the bio and do what you got to do. Um, and so in the post you said, you know, we're constantly on guard bracing for the impact of the next devastation. And you said you're making a promise to yourself to give yourself the time and to put it in your work, right? So to give yourself the time to deal with what comes up for you, but also it sounds like I'm interpreting and you can correct me, um, to put all of that into your work so that it's going somewhere. Can you talk more about, you know, your headspace or what that means for you? Yeah, no. I mean, um, in terms of the specifically the times that we're living in now, I mean, I, I very much live by Nina Simone's words that an artist's work should reflect the times like that that's very important whether it be race relations whether it be gender whether it be socioeconomic status whether it be political like what do you have to say like when you're making something what do you have to say that's the Hmm. most important thing like yes how dynamic is your character what does she reflect but what do you have to say is the most important thing for me creating and so in this time, Lord Jesus, <laughs> there's, I mean, you have to put it in, like, I, I actually struggle with uh, depression and anxiety, and I have found ways actually to put that in my work, because why is that, why would I take every piece of me as a Black woman and express it in my art, but leave that out, you mm. know? Like, and I think that that's what happens a lot of times because we're not giving but so many chances to represent ourselves. So we have to choose. We have to pick and choose. Um, just like we often have to pick and choose between being black and being a woman. A lot of times that's, that's you know, nobody else nobody else has to in, in this world but us. Um, and so with depression and anxiety, that's a part of myself that I've had to accept. Like, this is a piece of, who I am just like me being a black woman just like me being from DC just like me being from whatever background class background like that is a part of who I am and so um you know not only the art reflecting the times but like what is your voice what do you have to say um that's important to me yeah you know I think that more and more people are searching for that in some way shape or form trying to figure out what it is they have to say or they know what they have to say but how can they say it you know um more authentically in in how they just walk through their life um and I think it's so necessary because when you do that it doesn't make everything perfect but you can have resolve to some level within yourself being genuine you know yeah and it's a part of healing I mean when you it's just like artists, like with art, like literal art, uh, painting, like people, you you can heal. You can you put that stuff into your art, and it's healing. Yeah, you know, and I think that you, you mentioned not leaving certain things out, right? And so when okay. you include everything that makes up who you are, like as if it's like a mosaic or something, right? Yeah. Then 
then there's no space. I think I feel like things thrive in darkness. Things thrive in isolation. And that's yeah. when they can really I, essentially, I, the way I put it is like attack you, right? Like they jump yeah. you in the dark. And so if you pull everything out into the light and accept all the pieces, yeah. even though you're still working through them, then you're able to, you're able to keep it from jumping you in the dark, essentially. And you know, as a, I mean, it's crazy because all I do is have conversations, but I get nervous yeah. before every single session. I get nervous before wow. I got, I was nervous before we were about to get on the phone, literally playing oh some calming gosh. music. And so what for me, like when I think about it, I'm like, okay, I just call that thing out, whatever that thing is, I'm going to yeah. call it out and it can't have control over me anymore. And so I love that you mentioned, you know, accepting all the pieces of yourself though. No, none of us is perfect, but when you do that and um, not try to either be perfect or come across as whatever, then the, there's a layer of it that's the strength is taken away from it against you, you know? And I think that's why people are suffering so much right now, because there's just, I mean, obviously, you know, as a therapist, there's a, just an inability to be able to cope. We don't have the same outlets that we have been able to in this. And it's a good thing and a bad thing. I'm, I'm very religious. So I believe that there is, a, you know, a reason for, mm-hmm. for all of this. And I think that what we're learning in the grand scheme of things is all the things that we've been taking advantage of and forgetting um, about ourselves and about uh you know human connection however you know people are suffering right now and they don't have that mechanism they can't they can't cope they don't have the outlets they don't have a human touch sometimes they don't have their usual you know sunday dinners they don't like that that can be really really um harmful definitely yeah i had a professor who said you know situations as they come up are like a snow globe and everything settles down to the bottom. But when you pick up the snow globe and shake it, right, the snow gets all dusted up to the top. And I feel like um, for some people yeah. in this season, it, some people are in the season where the snow is settling. And some people, because of everything going on, they're in a season where things are being shaken, shaken up. up. Yep. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to watch because you're, you're trying to keep yourself sane at the same time. It's hard to watch. And then with just, just the political nature of just everything that's going on, it's just hard to wake up every day and watch what's going on around you. It's just a very, you know, this is this is our Great Depression, but in a more literal sense. Like, you know, I know their Great Depression was serious. It was a huge economic crash and, you know, but this is like, <laughs> this is a great depression on every level, whether it's political, you know, on a human level, on a, uh, you know, health level, on an economic level, like this is the great depression in my, in my eyes. <laughs> it's difficult. You know, I literally tell people probably on a daily basis, like you getting up and getting out of the bed today, kudos to you. If you got yeah. up and you stayed in the bed today, kudos to you. Like literally yeah. anything, anything that you're doing at this time is justifiable and valid in that there's a lot going on. And I feel like people have a tendency to um, minimize their own experience yeah. and and say like, why am I struggling or what's going on? And it's like, there's a lot happening right now. <laughs> Definitely. Existing is an act of rebellion as a black woman right now literally if if you're sitting here thinking like helpless because you can't do anything you can't go out and protest you can't you know you just there's a lot that 
we can't do. Um, it, you have to remember that just like getting up in the morning, literally, and existing in this world is an act of protest for us. Yeah, you mentioned in that same post, you know, you talked about compassion and kindness with with yourself. And I think that that's another key component of sustaining, you know, sustaining what is uh-huh. just our existence being, you know, harmful in people's eyes or an offense in people's eyes um, and being able to practice more deeply, you know, how can we be nicer to ourselves? How can we kind of be meet our needs in the best way that we possibly can in small ways so that we can sustain whatever it is that we have to do, you know? Yeah. Do you yep, feel, definitely. Oh, sorry. No, no, I said Definitely. Do you feel like there are any, like, either is it rituals or practices or, you know, things that you kind of do on a regular basis to help you with that? Yeah. Uh, pray. As I said, I'm, I'm very religious, so that's probably the biggest thing for me to lean on mm-hmm. uh, is prayer. Um I do have, in terms of work, (laughs) because just like you acknowledged um, in having compassion with yourself, art is a very, writing specifically is a very vulnerable art form Mm -hmm. of art. And if that is your career and you're waking up to that every day, you have to have compassion with yourself because you're constantly vulnerable. Like imagine your career, it's, it's like being a model or a singer or like you're, mm-hmm. you're constantly vulnerable. And so you have to wake up every morning, have some type of compassion and confidence within yourself. And that has to be built sometimes. Like sometimes I have to set up a little, you know, I have to light my incense. I have to light some sage. I have to have my cup of tea or coffee. I have to, uh, you know play some like music you know I have to have things done a certain way I have to be working at a certain time of day there are things that I do that I'm realizing okay this is by me doing this I'm being more gentle on myself to be more productive and then afterwards I have to be okay um watching some trash television if I want like you know a a writer's job you don't think about it's it's very much minimalized but how much you need to escape. Like your mind is constantly thinking. There's no mundane work. Like if I go, and this is no, you know, disrespect to people who work very essential jobs that are mundane. Like they can be very mundane, but they're very essential to us. But if I were to go work at nine to five, and I'm filing papers and I'm doing things that are just very like robotic and routine, I don't have to put so much brain power into it. Mm-hmm. Though I'm probably physically you know, exerting more energy. Um, it's a different muscle that you're moving, obviously. And so if your brain is constant, your mind is constantly working all day long. I have to be gentle with myself and say, it is okay to watch Real Housewives of Atlanta for an hour. <laughs> like, you know, it is okay that I want to decompress in this way that mm-hmm. is not super intellectual or, you know, like feeding my spirit. It's okay. Cause it, that's feeding me in some way. Um, that's being gentle with myself because, Sometimes I'm very critical with myself and I'm just like, I don't need to be watching this. I don't need to be eating this ice cream. I don't need to be, you know, all of these things that are, you know, not necessarily progressive, but in some ways they are for, for your mind, body, and soul, because you have to be gentle with yourself and give yourself that balance. And so that's 
kind of difficult for me, but especially now I've done this thing. My husband was so sweet about this. He actually built this little workspace in our dining room. He turned our, our dining room into my office basically. And so that is really important to me because what I've been expressing to him is working from home. Mm. I have been unable to separate. Um, am I, you know, working from home or am I living at work? Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like that, that was the thing I, I was just like struggling with because I mean, let's think about it just geographically. If I'm working on my couch but I'm also eating on my couch, decompressing on my couch, watching movies with my husband at night on my couch. It's all in literally the same location. And it's hard to separate yourself even geographically. So even just by, I, I even, you know, bought my stepmom. She was complaining about the same thing. And I, I think a lot of people are struggling with this right now. But I bought her a desk and my dad put it together because she was expressing how much, how hard it was for her working from home right now. So, you know, though that's a part of being compassionate and being gentle to myself is like allowing my husband to make turn our dining room into my workspace <laughs> you know because at first I was like no that's you know that's where we eat that's and he was like who cares like you know we eat on the couch and um I think that's just that's also very important because that's kind of universal it's not just advice for writers that's just and anybody struggling right now who's working from home and I can only imagine um you know working mothers uh my best friend is working from home raising kids and I'm just like I don't know how you do it <laughs> like I literally don't but I think if if you can create a space in your home that you can separate from the rest of the world meaning your family your leisure time your social time do so because it's very hard to separate literally separate the space yeah your mind physically yeah you you hit the nail on the head when you said balance you know what I mean and so trying to do this balancing act of of staying safe and staying home to work and but at the same time what time are you off like are you actually off or because you never have the the what previously was structurally kind of built in environmentally built in of having to physically get up and leave the house and drive to another building and and so without all all of those bound like those layers of boundaries that we had kind of built into our lives yeah, before and that, <laughs> that was tossed in the air that was put in the trash and now it's Completely. like <laughs> as soon as you get out of bed it's like okay you're at work it's so and that is taxing right like the work is already taxing but then on yeah. top of it waking up and not even having the space um to kind of maneuver into your work <laughs> the literal space <laughs> the struggle so you know I love that you mentioned that your husband was able to make a space for you to be able to feel like okay when I'm in this space I know that I'm working while I'm in this space if I leave this space that means I can separate exactly you're off or you're on a break and that just a small act can really make a big difference so I think that that like you said is really key for people right now kind of dealing with everything being tossed in the air and it's like okay now you need to figure something new out you know like yeah you don't want to feel like you're 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 living at work every day because I I started even taking it in in the bed like I would literally Mm. be in bed and thoughts are running through my mind because what is what is work anymore? Like, I feel like I'm constantly working. So, you know, it's easier said than done, but I think 
the first step is actually create literally creating space even if it's a corner in your living room and you can get a food tray and make it into a desk like the smallest thing can make the biggest difference and it just will start to at least transition help your mind transition into separating the two and it's you know it's it's not as easy as it sounds but we have to do everything we can in our power right now to keep saying and to keep you know being compassionate with ourselves I love it. So, you know, you had mentioned briefly that you've had your own experience and you're on your own journey dealing with, you know, anxiety and depression. And a lot of the ladies listening, shoot, me, myself and I (laughs) going through the same kind of things, Um, you know, for someone who's a young creative, maybe not to the extent that it's their profession, but just has creativity within them and likes to express it. um, But maybe sometimes has trouble figuring out how that will look for them what would you what would you recommend for those who are kind of dealing with mental health and looking for outlets um to just be themselves and to be able to do their own healing what would you say um i'd say lean into it i mean i think when when you first discover that you're you're having those issues whether it be anxiety depression both you, you know our first intent is to get better our first that's obviously the goal the goal is to no longer suffer from anxiety and depression but at a point in time you have to realize this is chemically a part of me this is not just based off of circumstance Mm -hmm. this is actually something that I'm going to live with and it's okay because I can manage it now if you're an artist, for me, I think it's, and then I, you know, stated it earlier in the interview, but it's important to lean into that. That's a part of you, your individuality, your voice, a perspective. There are tons of people who can identify with that and that we don't often see reflected in art. So you have to lean into that. You have to write to that. You have to perform to that. You have to put it in your work. Um, and in terms of working through it um you know that's a different story because that's you know uh, I've gone to therapy and and tried to make sure that I have these like coping mechanisms on deck so that you know if I feel like I'm really having a hard time I literally will need to leave my apartment and go take a 30 minute walk around the neighborhood like there are things that I have to do throughout the day that I realize have to be implemented into my status quo because I am not like, I can't treat myself like an ordinary person because I'm not, I suffer from this and therefore to protect myself from not being productive at all because I'm, you know, in a hole and feel like I'm just spiraled. I have to do these small things that might take more time, but essentially will, you know, be better for me in the long run. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I forgot to mention it earlier, but everybody that's listening that has heard an episode before, you know, we're all students here. So hopefully you are taking notes. If not, you're going to have to go back and listen to it again and take some notes. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your gems. I know that everyone listening is really going to take a lot from this because the tribe is dedicated to their personal growth. So they're going to, they're going to probably be sending me screenshots and all kinds of things um, with, with what, they got from this episode um let us know where we can find you and support you 
Yeah, my Instagram is writeher, that's W-R-I-T-E-H-E-R, and my Twitter is writehernina, N-I-N-A. I love it. We will come over there and love on you and support you. And thank you again. Just nothing but gratitude and love for you stopping by. It means so much. Right back at you. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.